I tried to keep her in the cage. I was like, she won't. We won't hear her. And then all I can hear is her barking. Because, like, sometimes she can be a lot in the studio. So, and there she goes. Okay, you come lay down, Zool. Anyways, Jesus Christ, welcome to episode 112. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and that is your co-host, Corey Johnson. Hey, yo! That was the perfect length. Yeah, it was. That's what she said. Um, today we are doing George A. Romero movies. I've picked one. You picked one. Um, I did pick a zombie one because he is literally the godfather of the dead. So we could not have, we could not not have, what am I trying to say? We couldn't have a we couldn't not have a zombie. Couldn't movie. not have a zombie movie. And then you picked one that I'm very excited to talk about because it is definitely one of his weirder movies, and it is not a zombie movie either. So that's what you have to look forward to with this episode. Um, I did want to get your opinions on *Malignant* as you've seen this recently. It, so it was good. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was as stellar as some people hoped it would be. Um. Plenty of camp, plenty of gore, very fun. Um, I was a little upset that I figured out what was going on like halfway through. I thought they were going to kind of, you know, keep me guessing for a hot second. But like the the 40 minute mark, I was like, yeah, I, I know what's going on. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I mean, I kind of had an idea because of the name and because of what me and Gabby predicted at the beginning of the year. But I didn't see it going that way at all. So... I was just like, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this. Oh, it's this. What the fuck? Um, so, yeah, Gabby was the same way, though, about 45 minutes in. She, I guess she kind of figured it out, too. And she's like, do you want me to tell you? No. Just let me <laughs> let me take this ride, because at about 45 minutes, it turns into, like, a fucking fever dream at this point. Yeah, like, it, it, ah. it did start going sideways real, real quick. <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. I fucking loved it. Uh, what'd you give it? Uh, Actually, wait. No, don't say. Don't say, because it's probably going to be on the top 10 of the year. Don't say. Never mind. I didn't say my rating or Gabby's rating, either. Well, wait, if you didn't give a good marks, then I guess you could say it. I mean, I did not give it good marks. It was it, it was, it was, still good. Okay. I still really enjoyed it. What'd you give it, though? A four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie's fucking wild. We just ended up watching it at home because we couldn't make it to the theater. Um, do you have HBO Max? Is that how you saw it, or did you go see it in theaters? Yeah, no, uh, I uh, bum off of my roommate's sister's HBO Max. <laughs> So you're like third level. Oh yeah, third <laughs> third level removed. Third generation. I don't even have a profile. <laughs> so how do you watch it? Just off of off, off of-, of somebody else's. <laughs> so I'm fucking up somebody's algorithm. Yeah, that really. It's like a- horror and the wire, and that's it. <laughs> that's the thing I tell Gabby. I was like, yeah, we have to have separate ones because your algorithm is going to be a hundred percent different than mine, and I don't want it mishmashing into a weird fucking chaos formula here. Um, well, I'll talk about some shit that I bought recently. Oh, wait, what's the other movie you wanted to talk about? There's uh, two. So I saw Redwoods, which is a... Please explain. It is a found footage uh, new horror movie. It's, like for this year new? Yeah, it came, oh. out, came out 2021. Oh, shit. Um, a group of urban explorers go into the Appalachian Mountains to look at old abandoned houses... Uh, that are just like in in the woods. Okay. Um, and are they searching for anything? No, they're just they're literally just exploring. Okay. Um, uh, this one group went in to go kind of scout out the locations and report back. They never came back. Oh. <coughs> As you do in the woods. So <laughs> so the second group that's supposed to go in and rendezvous with them, and then everybody's all supposed to go all at once to like actually explore. 
instead they they say, oh, we're gonna we're gonna explore half of these, then go look for the other group, mm. and it gets real. Gets a little Blair Witchy in the, oh, people in the woods getting lost, shit going right, bad. Right, right, right. Um, it's also kind of nice because it's it's sort of a play on the old urban legend of out in the woods with a thing okay. type kinda of like stories. Wendigo style? Or? No, no. Oh. I, but I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to like give away like the main plot of the entire movie. That's fair. So you, it's just a bunch of people out in the woods with something causing things to happen. And Interesting. there's also a little bit of like conspiracy, like just kind of sprinkled on top. Okay. Um. It's it, it was a fun movie. Uh. The acting was atrocious. I was. I, I knew you were gonna say atrocious. I don't know why. No. Oh, I felt it, I felt it coming. Bad. Bad. All the characters are terrible. Unlikable. Unlikable. The dialogue is bad. Um. That's unfortunate. I gave it a two. Okay. So really talking this movie <laughs> up. <laughs> um. <laughs> just just be in the right headspace. Don't go in expecting like some blow your socks off found footage. It is definitely no afflicted. It is definitely no followed. descent into darkness. Oh, descent. It's into it's God. no followed. Oh, okay. No, this is this is more along the lines of like we tried. Yeah, it's it's like Paranormal Activity one levels. Like okay, yeah, it's it's good, but it's not like good for the reasons that it should be good. Well, it's funny that you say Paranormal Activity because when that first came out, that was like holy shit, whoa! But then you go back and watch it now after seeing all the subsequent subsequent movies, and you're like, eh, it's not that great because they do get a lot crazier. So it's just like Paranormal Activity, but I mean, because even the acting in that wasn't great, but it was still you know passable, I'd say. Yeah. All right, so where is the streaming? How can I see this? I have to uh, see it. It is actually on Amazon Prime. Oh, shit. That's where you find a lot of found footage movies, to be quite yeah. honest, because they'll, you know, Amazon, as long as it passes their whatever, you can upload it and uh, call it a day. So that's pretty interesting. Redwoods with a, with an S on the end. Yep, Redwoods. Not, not just Redwood. Does it take place in the Redwood Forest? That's my question. <laughs> is no. it like actually in California? No. Oh. no, it takes place in the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> Well, that's weird. I don't know why it's, you call it Redwoods. Uh, that because does it does it explain in the movie? No, it's <laughs> it's so, but it's it's more like the wood is red from the blood being stained on the oh, trees. Oh Jesus yeah, God! It's yeah, like it's yeah. not subtle at all. No, no, it's <laughs> it's it's very forthcoming with what is going on. Um, uh, I will say the kills dope. First, yeah. first kill of the movie, great. Wow. The okay. the what I assume is practicals mm-hmm. on like the after immediate death scenes, like when you see the bodies, you're like, all right, all right, that's dope. Okay. Um. Well, but, this is uh, the the direct, This is his first movie he's ever directed. So, uh, you know, don't, I guess you can only go up from here. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, probably. Um, all right, so that's on Amazon Prime, streaming for free. I assume not. Correct, okay. streaming for free. All right, and that's Red Woods. I will check it out because it is new for this year, and that is my goal in life to try, you know, at least to try watching every new horror movie that comes out. Um, anything else you've been watching recently? Anything else you've uh, seen that you liked? So there was another one. I've I'm completely blanking on the actual name of the movie, and I don't think I rated it. <laughs> 
Well, shit. Um, <laughs> was but, it just like a random, a random watch? Yeah, it was just a random watch. Um, the movie is um this this girl and oh no wait no it's the same movie never mind it's redwoods yeah <laughs> all right fair yeah so redwoods and malignant uh i've been watching a bunch of shit but i did get a bunch of fun stuff in the mail actually today one that you said you've heard of but uh three people that i asked had not so that's why i bought it it's called west Cra- well, just called summer of fear directed by west craven starring linda blair and uh, from what I'm getting from the plot is that uh, Linda Blair plays some sort of witch and uh, goes to move in with her cousin or something. And uh, they're like, you're up to something crazy. And I'm, I'm like, OK, cool. It's like 12 bucks on Amazon. Never heard of this. Uh, movie I mean, before. it's Russ Craven. What? Why the yeah. fuck not? And it was got, it's got like a 2.9 or 2.8. So I'm like, all right, that's right there. Kind of in the middle. I'll take it. I just remembered what the other movie was. It oh, you was, did it, watch another movie. Yes. Oh, OK. Yes, yes, what yes. was it? So I watched it with Jess. It was uh, the Wrong Turn remake. Oh, the remake. You yeah. hadn't seen that one yet? No. It's okay, right? Eh. It's like, eh. Yeah, it's... it's. Eh. I, I appreciate that they tried to do something different with it. It should have been called Wrong Turn, though. That's no. What, it should have been called Wrong Turn. No, because it had nothing to do... Like, no. Except I did like that they made the, made the joke, oh, the boys are picking another movie tonight. It's something about inbred rednecks. And they're like, oh, again? And it's like, ah, ha, ha, that's really funny. But I'm so, I'm sorry, your your movie should have ended like four separate times with the way that things would crescendo through the movie. It's like, oh, it's like, oh now they escape. And now they're back again. And now cut to dream sequence. And now do like it, spoilers, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that. They ended it with some. Fuck it. You already said it at this point, you said dream sequence. Yeah. They ended it with something that was not real. And I, so I would have given it probably half a star more if they ended it the way that I thought it was going to end. And then it turns out, Oh, that was a fake out. I, I don't like when you do that. Like don't yeah. fake me out in the last 10 minutes of a movie. Or Go if fuck you, yourself. Or if you are going to fake me out, make it good. <laughs> yeah. Do it better. Do it. Yeah. Do it better than what you just showed me because I was so amped. For that ending, and then it just you get the ending that they give you, and you're like, "Well, that seems like a cop out in a really weird way." So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I gave it like a, I think I gave it like a three. Like I enjoyed it for what it was, but that should have been called wrong turn because literally they're like, "Oh, we made a wrong turn," and I was like, "That's the only like, revel uh, like relevance to the other movies is oh, we made a wrong turn." Yeah, nothing else is complete. Is, is everything else is completely different? So yeah, when did you watch that one? Uh, like two days ago. Nice. Okay. Yeah. But it was uneventful enough to where I had completely forgotten about it until I, st- I had to like think about shit, it. Shit. When you said wrong turn remake, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They made a yeah. remake. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, shit. <laughs> Holy shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, honestly, it's kind of forgettable, but it like, it was shot well. It was acted well. Like I will give it that. But yeah, everything else was kind of just. Yeah. The cinematography was great. The, all the forest shots and the opening scene with the tree rolling down, like all good stuff. And then they kind of just. Went the other way with it, and you're like, yeah, you had such a good thing going for you. I don't know why you did that. Um, I'm glad we all feel the same, because even Gabby felt the same way as well. She was like, yeah, it's kind of just meet, like yeah, middle, Je- middle of the road. Jess felt the same way. She was like, <laughs> she was like, it's just all right. It's just okay. Uh, well, speaking of a movie that's more than a okay, it is The Void. That's the other one I bought recently that just came in today. If you haven't seen The Void, it is fantastic. It is a very good uh, horror movie with great practical effects, very kind of... Um, the Thing-esque, I would call it. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen that, fucking go see that shit. Also, I got the Mortuary Collection. 
Fantastic. Uh, it's a great anthology that we talked about. La- I think this came out last year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it is a Shutter original, and they actually did a Blu-ray of it, and I'm a physical media collector, so I grabbed that. This one, um, I don't know if it's really considered horror, but it's definitely like a dark comedy, and that is The Voices with Ryan Reynolds. Have you ever seen this? I have not. Oh, my God. You have to see this. It's Ryan Reynolds, and this was like back in like yeah, 2014, and it's kind of like a dark horror comedy kind of thriller thing. And Ryan Reynolds plays a, uh, you know what? Just watch it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds plays Ryan Reynolds. He plays Ryan Reynolds, but it's it's different in this one because he plays this kind of creep weirdo, like reclusive guy. This is actually streaming on, I want to say Hulu right now, if you're in America or Canada, probably. Um, so yeah, if you've never seen The Voices. See, my thing with Ryan Reynolds is I like him as an actor, but I can only handle about one Ryan Reynolds movie like every four or five months. Oh, I could watch six or seven of his movies in a day. I can't. Fucking, I, I, yeah. He he gets too annoying. I'm like, all right, I'm watching the same exact movie with a different like story. Yeah. It's the, it's always the same character. But he does it so well. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't want to watch it. It's the same reason why I can only watch one Adam Sandler movie every now and again. Because it's all the same fucking character every goddamn time. You've obviously never seen... Wait, no, that's Jim Carrey in another movie. Never mind. I was going to say, yeah. Are you thinking of 23? Well, I was going to say the number 23 or um, there's another one he did more uh, of. Um, um, Jesus Christ. The fucking one where he's on TV. Oh, my God. Truman Show? Truman Show. I was, th- I was thinking Ed TV and I knew that wasn't <laughs> right. Um, like Truman Show. So he at least has some dynamic range. But yeah, Adam Sandler, besides besides like Uncut Gems and uh, Punch Drunk Love, Adam Sandler pretty much yeah. is like a typecast person. But hey, he's made millions of dollars. So good for him. Um, next one I got was Little Monsters. I've seen this, but it's been so long. And this is one with Fred Savage and Howie Mandel. It's so um, good. It's so fucking good. Also, fun fact about Howie Mandel: he did the voice of Gizmo in Gremlins. If you didn't know that, wild shit. I'm gonna drop my vape on the floor. All right, it's fucking gone forever. Uh, the last one I got is another one, or is one I have not seen, and that is Shivers by David Cronenberg. I have not seen it either. Um, you know, it's Cronenberg in the '80s, so or actually '75. Oh shit, I thought it was '85. I've never seen him. Wow. Okay. So this is early, early Cronenberg, but I mean, you can look at the back three Which pictures means there. Even more goo. Yeah. Even more goop and gore and fucking pus and shit. So that's the stuff I bought recently. I mean, there's a whole other stuff behind me I bought, but I won't get into that. Um, guess we can just get into these movies here if you'd like. We'll do. Uh, Both show. We'll do mine first. I need to find. Oh, there it is under my foot. Uh, all right. So let's get on to my movie that I picked. I picked Land of the Dead. Uh, if you know anything about George Romero. You know he's done a lot of movies with dead in them. Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Diary of the Dead. <laughs> he is kind of, So George Romero is kind of not even the grandfather. He is like the daddy. The godfather, of, yeah. yeah. No, not even godfather. Like oh. he, he is... That's the, his nickname. Yeah, he is the original though. He's like the OG zombie man. Yeah, so he is... Uh, yeah. So he's the, he's the man in charge, because I'm pretty sure Night of the Living Dead... I reviewed this on the podcast a while back with Michael Byers of the Shameless Picture Show. And that was like one of the first, if not the first, depictions of like actual... Well, I can't yeah, remember. Of zombies. I'm pretty sure, because that was back in 1968. I'm pretty sure that was like the first... And they didn't even call them zombies. They didn't call them really anything. They were just... People that were walking that weren't alive. So. They were literally the living dead. Yeah, like they, it's, it's kind of cool to watch a movie that didn't really have a, uh, a name for them. So you know him. You, at least you should know him. Uh, he unfortunately did pass away, I think, about four years ago. Let me double check here, which is really sad because I, I would have loved to see more of his work, to be honest. 
Um, let me see. Come on, George Romero. How does this not pop up immediately? There we go. Yeah, uh, July 16, 2017. So it was about four years ago. And uh, we originally scheduled to do this episode around that time as like homage to him. Yeah. But we had to push it out because, you know, podcasting is, can be very complicated, apparently. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's done a lot of good stuff in his life. And these are two movies that are kind of off the beaten path. Um, more of his later movies that I really aren't talked about. I mean, I hadn't even fucking heard of the one. And both yeah. vastly different movies. And that's what's been going on lately. We've been picking wildly different movies. Yeah. And I like and I really enjoy the uh just kind of the um contrast of movies that we've been picking. So this is Land of the Dead, rated R with a runtime of an hour and thirty-three minutes, uh listed as a horror sci-fi thriller, released on June twenty-fourth, two thousand five, directed by none other than the man himself, George A. Romero. This is starring a man named Simon Baker as Riley. He also is in The Devil Wears Prada as Christian Thompson. John, I'm going to fuck this last name up always, Leg- Leguizamo? Yeah, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo as Sholo. He's probably most notable for his role as Sid the Sloth uh, from the Ice Age series. Um, you, I, I mean, I, also I'm, Moulin Rouge. and like. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay, and that. I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, As Luigi. If you don't know, because that's a very niche movie. <laughs> it really So <laughs> if you don't know him from from Ice Age, yeah, you'll probably know him from some one of his other crazier roles. I did see that, and I was like, oh my God, that was him. He does a lot of fucking shit. Uh, we also have Dennis Hopper as Kaufman. He was most notably an easy rider as Billy. Asia Argento, and I saw this name, and I was like, that's got to be Dario Argento's daughter. It is. Yeah. Uh, as Slack, she was also in Triple X as Yelena, and Robert Joy as Charlie. He was also in the, Hill, the Hills Have Eyes remake as Lizard. So are we talking about the the mid-2000s Hills Have Eyes remake, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the new, new Hills Have Eyes remake? What do you mean, new, new? Didn't they make like a like a 2017 remake? I don't think so. Double. I mean, I don't. I could be wrong. I'm. I don't know every movie that exists. That would be impossible. I don't recall there being another one, or maybe there's one in production. Because if there is, I'm just saying it. Rob Zombie should fucking direct it. That is right up his alley. Just like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake would be right up Rob Zombie's alley. Just throwing that out there. Did did they do it? Um, I'm looking. Okay. Uh, this movie uh, was budget was fifteen million dollars and it grossed forty seven million, which is what you would call a hit. So it was in production pre COVID. It was the Hills Have Eyes three. Huh. Uh, it, it just got lost in development hell at the moment. Okay, yeah, COVID that fucked up. But yeah, I, I I knew I had seen something about that. Wait, is there a director listed on that shit? Was it Alexander Aha or Aya? Um, because now that you mention it. It does vaguely. The hills have eyes. I don't see shit for that, huh? I could have, because you said that. I'm like, ooh, maybe Alexander, because that sounds like something he would do as well. I don't. Where are you seeing this on? Are you seeing this on IMDb? On Looper. What the fuck is Looper? <laughs> I see no information on IMDb. I've been, I've been fucking hoodwinked. No, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll come back to it. We'll fix it in post. We'll circle back. Uh, so let's see then, uh, yeah, budget 40 or 15 million gross, 47 million movies that came out around the same time. Dude, listen to how many bangers I'm about to just slap right now. The longest yard, Madagascar, uh, Cinderella man, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, Batman begins. Okay. Not Herbie fully loaded, uh, bewitched fantastic Four, Charlie and the chocolate factory, wedding crashers, bad news bears, and the devil's rejects. I mean, so many of those movies slap. 
What's happening? So, okay. And so it, many of those movies are great. Uh, but here's what's hilarious. Longest Yard is a remake. Uh, Herbie is a basically a remake. Yeah. Bewitched is a remake. remake. Fantastic Four, uh, yeah, technically yeah, a remake. Technically. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake. is a remake. Wedding Crashers. Not a remake. I'm pretty sure there's an, an, an original version or something. I know similar. Bad News Bears is uh, it was either... It was something before it was this movie, because that's the one with, um, what's his face? Oh, my God. Was from fucking... Uh, Keanu Reeves. No, you're thinking Hardball. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the... Sling Blade. Yeah, fucking, sl- fucking Bad Santa. What yeah, the fuck? God damn it. Uh, <laughs> d- Hort- God damn it. Horton, Horton here's a who. <laughs> fucking... Uh, <laughs> we're getting so sidetracked here. God damn, God damn it. This fucking show. Billy Bob Thornton. Horton. Horton. There we go. There it is. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I was wrong about Wedding Crashers. Oh, my God. Billy Bob Horton. Here's a who. There we go. Okay. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. No, I know. Oh. (laughs) I was just saying Billy Bob Horton. Here's a who. Um, So, yeah, a lot of great movies that came out around that time. And I'm surprised that the movie did as well as it did. Because, yes, I know a lot of these um, might not be great movies to you, to you, but they did a lot of these banged at the box office, dude. Yeah. I was looking at the numbers, and I was like, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith was like $400 million. Um, fucking Batman Begins, I don't know, a few hundred million as well. Like, there's a lot of fucking, like, income-producing movies right here. I thought you were going to say something, so I took a sip. No, no. <laughs> I was like, he's about to say something. Let me take a sip. No, I, I was just like, oh, I just kind of raised my eyebrows. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then I looked at you because I thought you were going to keep going. Nope. That was that was a miscue on my part. <laughs> um, specific horror moments on this one for me. Uh, honestly, I, I really quite enjoyed all of the gore because I didn't expect it to be practical since it was from the early 2000s. I, I, I felt like this was going to fall victim to the, oh... It's the early 2000s fucking CG everywhere. And while they did use some CG, most of it was practical. So I, I enjoyed all of the gore. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's one of the great things about Romero, though, is even even as the times kept going, like he was still kind of know as known as, you know, we're, we're going to do it practical. And I mean, since you've been making movies since the 60s, too, it's like, yeah, you're going to keep that close to heart for sure. Because he has his team of people that he knows can do it exactly how it needs to be done. Right. Every time it's going to be the same fucking quality, if not better. Cause the actual materials are cheaper. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's just going to be that, that much better. Yeah. So I, I really applaud him for keeping the practical uh, effects vibe throughout this entire movie. Um, so let's get on to the uh, whole, whole scope of things here. I really like how this movie opened because you don't get the stereotypical traditional, like, Oh, I woke up in a hospital. Oh, here's the zombie apocalypse. Like, um, 28 days later, you know, walking dead. You don't get that at all. They literally just bring you right up to speed with like the world's in chaos. Zombies are roaming the streets, blah, blah, blah. And you're just thrown into this uh, small town where zombies are literally everywhere. But we also know, or at least what you can get from the beginning is they kind of retain some sort of knowledge from before they died because you see a gas or you see a, a zombie walk across like one of those gas lines that dings the bell for service to, or, you know, for someone to come out and service your car. And a zombie walks out, like goes to the pump, goes to fill up the car. The car's not there. He puts it back down. So you're like, okay, I guess you kind of know like what's going on. You're like retaining a part of who you were before you died, which is kind of cool. There's also the hilarious, uh, quartet <laughs> big band in the gazebo, just like oh, yeah. bonk, 
Like, yeah, it was pretty It's hilarious. So, yeah, the beginning is pretty funny. Um, You find out that uh, the guy guy at the gas station, his name is Big Daddy because he has a uh, name tag on. And uh, we see two people watching him through binoculars. That is Riley and his rookie. And Riley is part of a group of people who go out to small towns, gather supplies, and uh, bring them back to essentially what is like the last human city, or at least as far as we know at this point. Uh, Riley also has a vehicle named Dead Reckoning, which is dope as fuck. It is pretty much a combination of like a, it's it's almost dude, it's like Mad Max shit. Yeah, it, I got it, a very heavy Mad yeah, Max vibe. Yeah, it, from it this. is it is very like Earth Mover from Mad Max. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's pretty it's, dope. It's like somewhere between like a small semi and a Hummer, but that's just been redecked with like armor plating and fucking yeah. video cameras and spikes and, and machine guns and rockets and fireworks yeah, and, and all sorts and, of shit. And like, rockets that fire handmade fucking fireworks. Yeah. Which, which that was the other really cool thing is I love that they open the movie with, Hey, this is how we are able to effectively distract the zombies. Here you go. Because in most zombie movies, it's like, how we got to just got to sneak by them, got to be real quiet. Be really no, quiet, the, yeah. these guys are like, no, nah, let's just fireworks. They love them. And, I, and it's, yeah, it's funny because I hadn't really seen a creative way uh, to distract them. And like uh, from Train to Busan, that was another really good. Yeah. How the whole in the train when, you know, they went in the tunnel, every like all the zombies kind of just were like, what the fuck's going on? So since then, I really hadn't seen and this. Obviously, this is 10 years before Train to Busan, but I'd never seen it. So I like that. And of course, he's been doing this since the 60s. So he's, yeah. he's obviously got ideas, but I really like that whole, oh, we can distract them with fireworks because they'll just look up at the sky. Uh, it also should be noted that the zombies are pretty much just like Night of the Living Dead. Very slow moving. There's no running zombies. <laughs> They're very slow moving, just like, you know, traditional zombies. Um, so uh, we see Riley and the rookie meet up with a man named Cholo, played by John Leguizamo. He kind of has the same job as Riley as well. Who he, he collects supplies. They bring him to the towns, and then they also go dump trash in the nearby landfill. Um, so you can, kind of, you can kind of get a vibe that they don't like each other right from the get-go as well. They kind of have this weird, like unspoken beef. I don't know. Well, <laughs> like First off, from the first... Oh no! Six words that Cholo says. If you have any other emotion besides "fuck this guy," you're a bad person. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's not. You can you can tell immediately he is not a good person. I would not want to deal with him, especially in a zombie apocalypse. Oh yeah, pass 100%. on that. Uh, then we meet a man named Charlie. Uh, he has a kind of like a half burned face. Looks like the dude from second season of american horror story first, first season. season first season murder house um, yeah murder house yeah and he's also kind of mentally handicapped like he's not all there i assume it's probably to do with whatever happened to his face kind of fucked him up uh and in his brain but he is uh, riley's right hand man and a very trusted friend also um, best character of the movie yeah he's my favorite character he's the greatest uh, <laughs> we also are introduced to pretty boy which is a female operator of the dead reckoning and then they go into the whole thing we just talked about, how they fire the, or they shoot the fireworks into the sky. All the zombies stare at the sky, and they become unfocused, so they can pretty much sneak through the town at their leisure to get what they need to get. But the only one that does not look at the fireworks is Big Daddy, and he is literally like the the main zombie, kind of like Bub from yeah. Day of the Dead, um, the main zombie of this movie. He does not look at the fireworks. He tries to get his you know fellow undead companions to stop looking at the sky to to pay attention to what's going on the ground but uh that that doesn't really work because the humans kind of just like i said they kind of do what they need to do 
Um, and right before they all go back to their um, forted for like what would you call it? Like their fucking fortress at this point. The the people. Yeah, the, the humans. humans they, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, it's called something. It's well, what's it called? I can't remember because it's it's like blocked on all sides by water. What the fuck did they call it? Or anything? The foundation. Something. Something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's basically the stronghold. Yeah. The compound. So before they go back there, Cholo decides to run off and steal some alcohol from this like liquor store that they can sell. And the fireworks get jammed and the zombies start stumbling towards them. But eventually they do get away. Uh, but then right as, right as soon as they get back to the shop, uh, Cholo gets jumped by a zombie, is able to take a fucking spear gun and shoot the zombie in the head to get away. But then the uh, rookie does, does not make it because he gets bitten by a zombie uh, security guard. And while Riley, Cholo, and Charlie are arguing about the rookie's fate, the fucking rookie just snatches a pistol and blows his head out. And you're like, well, all right, that settles that. Um, oh, wow. Gabby's already heading home. Okay. Uh, I thought she'd be much later. Um, anyways, so, um, yeah, they get back to their fortified city. That's just what it's called. That's what I called it, at least. And uh, you see a commercial for this place called Fiddler's Green, which is an upper-class community. It has, like, a mall, a bank, all this crazy shit. And all the people who are rich, like Kaufman, live there. Um, everyone else kind of lives in the city streets below and the whole city in the, um, actually it says this, was it this, is the whole city that was fortified or was it just Fiddler's Green that was fortified with the electric fences and shit? No, it's the whole city. Oh, it's the whole city. Yeah. 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 Oh shit. Okay. So yeah, the whole city's fortified with electric fences and soldiers staying on guard. It's also surrounded on all sides by water, which is pretty tight. And there's only really one way to get inside, which is called the throat. And that's a bridge into the city. Um, Fiddler's Green is where Cholo wants to retire, and uh, he's confident Kaufman will take him, but he pretty much tells him to fuck right off. Like, right in the beginning, he's like, yeah, um, people like you don't live here, and you're like, well, that's pretty fucked up. And uh, on his way out, Cholo or um, Kaufman tells one of the security guards that he's no longer needed, and one of the, you know, the security guard tries to kill him, but Cholo uh, is smarter and faster, and um, I'm assuming stronger, and is able to knock him out and run away, which uh, I just think it's so shitty. Like, yeah, you're not meant to be here. Go back to the slums. Yeah. And you're like, wow, a rich white guy telling a Hispanic person to do that. Okay. That's fine. Totally fine. I didn't like that imagery that they put on screen. Honestly, I was like, yeah. I was like, that doesn't look good. Cause you know, he, he, Kaufman is also dressed to the nines. He's in a fucking suit, smoking cigars all day. Like, Bro, it's a zombie apocalypse. Put on some sweatpants. Call it a day. Yeah, well, like, uh, <laughs> come on. Well, and what we've also failed to mention is Kaufman is kind of like the overseer of all of Fiddler Green. Like he's yeah. he's kind of Top the guy. Level. He's the guy that basically makes shit happen. I'm pretty sure that like before the apocalypse, he probably owned the building of Fiddler Green. I would assume so. So when he had the last safe haven, he was like, "Yo, this is my building." I've got the people, my, my, my world, my rules. Essentially. Type yeah. Shit. Yeah. I get that vibe from him too. He's kind of a, uh, kind of, a, kind of a curmudgeon to be quite honest. Um, so anyways, going back, we have Riley and Charlie. They're going to, uh, this man called Chihuahua, which is, which is really funny that he's called Chihuahua. Cause he is literally a little person who is also Hispanic. Like they're really just kind of yeah. pulling out all the stops here. I mean, it is 2005. The, the, uh, yeah, the, that's the, true. The 90s were literally six years prior. So we're we're still we're yeah, still shaking it off. We're working on it. <laughs> um, uh, Riley's in search of his missing car. Uh, and a Chihuahua runs this kind of like underground Vegas style place where you can gamble on prostitutes. Wait, no, sorry. You can gamble or buy prostitutes. You don't gamble on prostitutes. I said that wrong. Uh, you can even take pictures with the zombies at a booth. Fun fact, the zombies 
that are playing the people you can take pictures with, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Edgar hmm. Wright wrote Shaun of the Dead or and directed it as did, well. Now, question. Did Shaun of the Dead come out before or after this movie? Shaun of the Dead was 2004. This was 2005. <coughs> so, yeah, it was literally the year after. So, yeah. which, it, which is funny going back to the zombies retaining human qualities. Yeah. Kind of Shaun of the Dead-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought that was funny. I saw that in the trivia and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, so, Riley confronts Chihuahua about, about his car and he's like, don't worry, you'll get it soon. Um, and then we also see, uh, oh my God, I lost my place. Oh yeah. We see like a, I thought, I thought this was really cool. It's kind of, um, train to Busan esque. No, no, no. Sorry. Um, what was the sequel? Peninsula. Peninsula where they throw a person in the ring and they have to fight yeah, up yeah, the yeah. zombies. Well, and that's what I was going to yeah. say is you can totally, you can totally bet on hookers. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true because, uh, her name is slack. That's in the ring and she wanted to be a, uh, a soldier, but someone told her that she'd make a better whore. And so that's where that's why she's there, I guess. And uh, so you have two zombies, one spray painted black, one spray painted red. Not subtle at all. You bet on one. Whoever wins, you know, you get your money. So I really like this kind of not only do they have a huge building where all these people live, you have this underground gambling ring of zombies. Like, that's such a cool thing and kind of makes me not like Peninsula even more because like I feel like they kind of took that from this movie, to be quite honest, because I haven't really seen this in. I don't know any other zombie movie. I, well, I mean, to be fair, we argue that this stole the idea from Mad Max Thunderdome. So no, nobody's original. But Everybody- just the cars, though. Whatever. And, yeah, I and, know. and the whole Thunderdome. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it does. It does. It's re- namesake. It does vibe super, super hard off of Mad Max. Um, so, yeah, she's in there. Uh, Charlie des- or, um, Riley decides to save her, uh, gets her out of there. And then Chihuahua starts fucking firing shots too. She takes a bullet for Riley and then Charlie uh, plugs Chihuahua. His, his death was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. I mean, all, <laughs> all, all of the deaths had like, yeah. So like it just a smidgen of hilarity. Like when the rookie blew his own head off, like it was so quick that you're just like, <laughs> Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, a lot of shit happens so quick in this. You're like, you really have to be paying attention because if you look away for a second, you can miss a really pretty awesome death. Um, so Ray, uh, Riley, Charlie and Slack, uh, are the only ones left in the, I guess the, I don't know, whatever you call it, the, uh, the underground ring. Um, and then meanwhile, while this is going on, we see big daddy and all the other zombies that have slowly started heading towards, uh, Fiddler's green and they come across all those. And this is what I didn't like. There was that CG scene where they break through that little, because they come to a block path and the zombies eventually had this guy with a fucking, I don't know what the, whatever the I fuck think it was that a was. wrench. It was like some sort of knife or wrench. He, he blasts through this piece of plywood and then like these zombies just pop up and it was very CG. I don't know why they couldn't do that practically, but it wasn't that I great. Couldn't tell you. So they break through um, and they see all these zombies hung upside down and they can see Fiddler's Green off in the distance. And then they start heading that way. Because like it's, it's so funny. These zombies seem more bent on revenge then they do actual blood. Yeah. At least Big Daddy. He's like, nah, I'm going to fuck you up. You came to my establishment here and fuck shit up. So it's like, it's like, seems like a very revenge driven, to be quite honest, which is very odd for a zombie movie. They're usually out just for blood. So yeah. I, I enjoy well, that. And I also think now this could just be me looking too much into things because of how I am and what climate we're in now. Okay. Um, Big Daddy was very, very obviously an African-American zombie. 
um, going toward Fiddler Green, which is the monument to the white man. So having a black leader raise a rebellion against the white devil, like it's sort of a very thinly veiled metaphor as to what, may be going on like I mean, why I, I again I'm probably just looking too much into it that was probably not George Romero's goal at all <laughs> I mean it may it may have not been but I mean also it does kind of make sense though when, when you really think about it because he like Kaufman really is like the epitome of rich white people like yeah, the he, one the one percent he, he is literally white devil yeah he really is <laughs> Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's kind of an interesting way to look at it, though, if you, if you really think about it. Yeah. I can see the merit behind that thought. Um, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's it's probably not this, but it could very easily, if somebody were to just say, yeah, that's correct, that that could very well yeah. be exactly what it is. I don't think he intended to do it, but the way, you know, the outcome is always, it, you yeah, know, it, it happens. It happens. You don't mean to do something, but it kind of comes out that way. Um, so at this point, we have uh, Rarely Charlie and Slack, and they're all in jail. And uh, Slack informs everybody that Kaufman essentially runs in everything in and around Fiddler's Green, uh, from the bedding to the prostitution. She tried to help out some people who Kaufman didn't think too highly of, and so he sentenced her to the whole cage fire thing. And that's what that happened with. Um, and then uh, while all this is going on, you have Cholo, Foxy, Pretty Boy, and Mouse, and several other people. They decide to steal Dead Reckoning and hold Fiddler's Green for ransom because Cholo is obviously fed up with Kaufman after he tried to have him killed. Um, and, uh, they try to pass off these old papers as current ones to the, to the current guards and take re- dead reckoning from the soldiers. But the soldiers are like, I don't think this is a real thing. Um, and they don't really, they aren't really buying it. And while all this is going on, Cholo is hearing gunfire outside. He takes his gun out wondering what's going on. The soldiers like, I don't know. No, it's fine. It's just, it's just target practice. And there's two soldiers outside shooting at that giant, like, uh, was it like a wacky wavy inflatable arm guy. Yeah. They're shooting at that guy. And uh, that's when Big Daddy appears with the horde of zombies behind him. They rip those guys to shreds. And Cholo's like, so, so are, they, are they practicing screaming too? Is, is that what's going on? Well, uh, and, <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and right before that, one of the coolest scenes is all of the zombies coming out of the water. Yes, that was that, so cool. I was like, oh, it's so lit. <laughs> it's so dope. Because it, it, was, it was like a Lord of the Rings level of like reveal of yeah, the like, army oh. coming up. Because because yeah. one of the things is as as uh, Big Daddy sees Fiddler Green off in the distance, they come up to like this pier, and he's just kind of looking around, and it, you can almost see like a spark of oh I don't breathe yeah and they and they and they all just kind of drop into the water and start walking across the bottom a la um, Pirates of the Caribbean. I was gonna say yeah, <laughs> like Dead Man's Chest or whatever it was. No, that was the original. Where they were walking oh, shit, on the bottom. That was. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that yeah, was. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So that was a super cool scene uh, that I really enjoyed. And after they come out, and they start destroying everybody. Shit kind of goes into chaos at this point. You got soldiers blasting zombies, but there's way too many of them. And eventually, the zombies take down the fence um, and start ripping people apart. Soldiers are being slaughtered. So uh, Cholo and company are like, "Fuck this! Let's get in dead reckoning now that we can, since everybody is distracted." And uh, upon seeing the vehicle, Big Daddy remembers, you know, what it did to the other zombies. And uh, he does find a machine gun at some point in the movie, but doesn't know what to do with it. So he just slings it on his back. But it's at this point where he brings... Oh, no, it's a jackhammer. No, it's a a mini... It's like a minigun. 
It's literally a minigun. Was it? Has, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because he starts he starts blasting it at the fucking dead reckoning and hits a uh, hits a, a propane tank on the back, which lights another zombie on fire. And it's one of his friends. Oh yeah. That he know that he knew before he died, so he just he just takes a minigun and kills him as well to put him out of his misery. Um, and uh, th- at this point, he yeah. So um, this is when they take over Fiddler's Green at this point, and uh, Cholo contacts Kaufman, who is a bit annoyed that uh, Cholo's still alive, and he tells Kaufman, he's like, hey, so you're gonna give me five million dollars, or we're gonna blow Fiddler's Green to the roof using the Dead Reckoning. Um, you know, you have until midnight, which is apparently the threat that everyone gives in all the movies, which is only a couple hours away. Um, Kaufman's not having any of this shit and says uh, they're not going to do deals with terrorists, uh, even though Dead Reckoning could destroy their lifestyle and community. So uh, what Kaufman does is he pulls Riley out of jail, brings him to his office, and he tells Riley that Cholo's taking the Dead Reckoning. He wants his money back. Uh, he, he's, he's saying, um, yeah, you can bring back Cholo dead or alive. Riley's like, hey, I want my friends to come help me with this. And uh, Kaufman allows it. And he's like, okay, I also want a car since my car went missing. Uh, weapons and uh, I think food for a certain amount of time because he wants to go to Canada. His whole goal in this was to retire from doing this and go to Canada. And uh, that's when Kaufman agrees and like, cool, this is what we're going to do. That's where I'll leave it because you have all this shit up in the air at this point. And and, I- and just like that, just like 50% of every other zombie movies in the world, it becomes a heist movie. I know, right? Like, <laughs> I also got very uh, Army of the Dead vibes from this, which obviously came out this year. So it's like, I feel like so many movies have pulled from this movie, weirdly enough. Well, and what's funny, so we were talking about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, that walking underwater scene, Pirates of the Caribbean, came out in 2003. So this movie bar- <laughs> this mar- movie borrowed a lot of stuff as well. It's so weird because, yeah, you, I feel like Train to Busan borrowed from this. I feel like whatever the fuck I just said borrowed from this. It's so weird how movies can take these little things and you can notice it in like all these other different movies. So, yes, this movie borrowed a lot, but I feel like a lot of people borrowed from this as well. Um, and let, and I mean, George Romero can borrow from whoever the fuck he wants. Cause literally like half of the genre borrowed from him. Yeah. So I mean, he, he's a fucking trendsetter, man. He's done so much shit in his career. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, I just liked, I liked the level of gore. I liked how much of it was practical. I really liked the story because for its time, it was extremely original, even though they did, you know, they did borrow certain things like the whole Mad Max, Mad Max, like apocalyptic vibe. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, let's see. Where is the uh, thoughts and feelings on it, though? Go ahead. Um, Lots of fun. Didn't necessarily think it was a quote unquote good movie. That's that's me personally. Um, You've had nothing but good things to say about it, though. Uh, yeah, that's it, weird. That, I can I can say lots of good things and still not in, enjoy the movie. Oh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Um, so let me get into there's a few things of trivia here. Much more than the other movie. The other movie had like two things. It's like, oh, okay. Um, which is funny because the first bit of trivia is about Tom Savini. And I'm like, I swear to God, I saw this motherfucker in the movie. And it's because, yeah, the zombie of Tom Savini's biker character who was killed in Dawn of the Dead can be seen in one of the scenes. I knew that was him. I was like, yeah, that looks familiar. Uh, in later interviews, George A. Romero implied that Dennis Hopper's cigar budget cost more than his original Night of the Living Dead, which is fucking hysterical. Uh, Cigars are expensive, bro. Yeah, and he, I mean, you know, Romero did the, his Land of the Living Dead for peanuts, essentially. Uh, this is the first film of George Romero's Living Dead series to use digital effects 
kind of upsetting because the scenes they used him in, they were very apparent. And I'm, but I'm glad they didn't do that the entire movie. Yeah. Because that would have been terrible. Oh my god! Because those couple of scenes were not that great. Well, that 15 million would have turned into fucking 50 million yeah. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. Uh, as I mentioned before, Asia Argento, uh, Slack is the daughter of Dario Dario Argento, who was the co-producer and composer of one of the previous entries in the George A. Romero zombie series, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Uh, Bub, the zombie from Day of the Dead, makes an appearance at the beginning of the movie when Cholo is taking the box of champagne from the fridge. It's Bub that lunges at him. You can still see his collar is intact from the original Day of the Dead, which is pretty cool. And last but not least, because this is pretty cool, the success of ja- uh, Jack Snyder, his brother, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead led Universal to greenlight a fourth installment of Romero's zombie series, which was this. So thank you, Zack Snyder. You've done so much for the universe and America. Uh, rating on IMDb, 6.2, and rating on Letterbox 2.9 out of 5. I gave it a 3.5. You gave it a 2.5. I figured, since you said <laughs> it wasn't necessarily good, I was like, well, it's got to be a 2.5. Um, so that's interesting because the next movie is kind of the same, to be honest. It's probably going to be some of the same. I feel like you liked that one more than I did. I did very much. Okay. So that is Land of the Dead. This is not streaming anywhere that I could see besides paying for it on Amazon. I have the Scream Factory Blu-ray, um, and I bought it specifically for this episode. And I will recommend that one over renting it online always. Oh yeah, for sure. So let's scroll up if my, I should probably use my dominant hand or not. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, so let's get on to your movie that you picked. All right. <clears throat> My movie is a rated R coming in at one hour and 39 minutes, labeled as a horror mystery. It is called Bruiser. I had no idea what to expect out of this. Um, I didn't even read anything. I went into this yes, 100% blind. Same. <laughs> um, the, the title of the movie has nothing to do really with uh, the movie, except for that's where he works. I was going to say that. I was like, it's, it's the name of the company. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Directed by George A. Romero, as is the fucking theme. Uh, released on October 9th, 2001, so still within the 2000s. Um, it is starring Jason Fleming as Henry Creedlow. He was also in Deep Rising as Mulligan. Um, Peter Stormare as Miles Stiles. He was also in Fargo as I'm not going to... Good pre- luck, Gayara Grimbrand. Uh, that's the main character of... of uh, I mean, one of the main characters, yeah. I'm thinking of a different show anyway, never mind. He was also in um, Prison Break as uh, the Russian guy, I can't remember, Fibonacci. Or yeah, he was, also, he was also in something else that I recognize him from, but I, I can't Oh, he played the to... devil in... Um... Oh, uh, Constantine. Yeah, the Constantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Dude, it. I love Peter Stormare. He's fucking great. Yeah, no, he's, he's... fucking great. Um, And then we have Tom Atkins as Detective McCleary. Um, most known for Halloween three season of the witch or the fog or night of the creeps, um, budget of 5 million. It grossed 15 grand cause it went straight to DVD in the U S so it had a, like a, uh, lippity floppity. It had a theatrical release in Canada cause that's where it was shot. But yeah, I, I, I was like 15 grand. What the fuck? Oh, DVD. Eh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Eh, it makes sense. <laughs> um, a couple mo- movies that came out around this time, uh, the glass house hardball, which we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. The- I forgot about that. That's hilarious. 
Uh, <laughs> Zoolander, which is amazing. Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. I think they're on, like, what, number 7 now of Tremors? Shrieker, Shrieker Island was 6 or 7. Yeah, yeah, there's so fucking many of those movies. It's crazy. Um, Joyride, Training Day, Mulholland Drive, Corky Romano, Donnie Darko, 13 Ghosts, Monsters, Inc., and Shallow Hal. Like, again, just fucking more. All, just, most of these are just straight-up bangers. You remember that movie you forgot about that you never, like, did I just, unlike unleash a memory in everyone's brain, Corky Romano? Not for me. Never seen it. Don't know what that is. Oh, it's such a weird movie from the <laughs> 2000s. Have you seen uh, Mulholland Drive? I have not. That's you, what I you, know. Bro, especially for oh, horror, you need to see it. It's been on my list it's for so It's so good. All right, you keep talking. I'm going to just buy it right um, now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what this movie is. Uh, it is a story of a man who's always tried to fit in. He's kind of meek, keeps his mouth shut, follows the rules and does what he's supposed to do. Um, but one morning he wakes up and he's gone through a significant change. So the movie it follows Henry Creedlow, um, trying to just go through, you know, his day to day. He's building a house for his wife, who is a complete bitch. Um, terrible little yappy dog that he has to deal with. That is his wife's hate that dog. Um, and then he goes to work. He works at a magazine question mark, some type of media publication, um, called bruiser, um, under the watchful eye of miles played by Peter Stormare. Um, and it, Miles is literally like if you looked up sexual harassment, <laughs> he, he he is the definition. He is a drug doing oh, woman shit. fucking bad person. He's an asshole. He yells at everybody. He belittles women. Can I make a comparison real quick? Yes. He is he is uh, Kaufman's exact opposite. If Kaufman was a degenerate, lying piece of shit, that's, he would be Miles. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, and oh, man. So Henry is just trying to get that promotion that he's been working on to try and finish building this house so he can have his dream home. He has put his finances in with his friend. James. Whose name? James. James. Yeah, yeah. James. Uh, yeah, because he calls him Jimbo. Yeah, Jimbo, Jim Jam, or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck he calls him. Yeah. Um, and he's noticing that his his money investments aren't paying off properly. And Jimbo's just like, oh, don't worry about it. It's coming. We got you. We got you. We got you. Um. Yeah, that's that's like it's. That's pronounced like very like in the first five minutes when they're getting on the train, he's like, "Oh, it's only twelve grand." I, f- I figured it'd be more than that. He's like, "Ah, just it's fine. Just wait." And you're yeah. like, okay. "He's like, I'll take care of it." Okay. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Jimbo has a brand new car, and a parks like an asshole, <laughs> and and I think he has a, a a cell phone built into the car, something like that. Yeah, yeah he's bought a lot of shit. Because while this came out in two thousand one, it's like supposed to be like the. 80s ish because nobody has a cell phone oh yeah none of that so it's set set a little bit earlier yeah i feel like it's got to be set earlier because yeah the only yeah i don't really see much like for that time like kind of current wow i just i just realized yeah there was not really like a lot of current technology no and even the cars are older like it's it's set in the 80s 
it, or, it, yeah, or at least like early. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I never, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> interesting. Okay, keep going. Um, Sorry. So Henry, because he is the model employee, is supposed to be um, organizing Miles' uh, I, I think it's a Halloween party. It may just be a party. It's some like it's some sort of costume party. That's towards, yeah, yeah, towards the end of the movie. Yeah. But the the whole thing as to why he gets into the situation with anyway. Oh um, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. So that is the catalyst. He yeah. is putting together this costume masquerade, this freaks and geeks type party thing. Um, Miles, more or less estranged wife. She is going through trying to go through a divorce from Miles. She just wants to be done with it. She doesn't want all his money. She just wants to be done with it, but he won't let her go. Um, she and Henry have like a thing going Sam, on. Sam and Diane kind of thing, like yeah. unspoken. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so they link up like during the planning of the party and Miles' wife is like, oh yeah, look at all these masks. You have to make a mask for the party or you can't come in. You got to wear a mask. So she gives him this blank mask and he puts it on and he's like, okay, whatever. And then he goes home. Um, he wakes up the next day and he has no face. Not it's described as him having no face. The, the mask that he is wearing is now affixed to his face and is part of his face now. Yeah. It's literally um, like, like the mask, but not comical. <laughs> yeah. And, and everybody else can see the mask, but he can see himself and the mask. Um, it is now understood that nobody can tell who he is. So he just decides, you know what? Nobody knows who I am. I'm going to stick up for myself. It starts off with, I'm going to stick up for myself. Um, but then soon after the yappy little dog starts barking and he tries to like shoot away, shoot away, um, ends up killing the dog. Does he? Yeah. I thought he just shot the picture. No, he kills the dog because he, because he's trying to hide the dog when the house cleaner comes in and then he has to kill the housekeeper. No. Housekeeper comes in, starts stealing shit. He sees her because he's hiding his face. And he's like, are you stealing from me? She's like, no, I'm just moving your shit. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what and it he is. kills her accidentally because he... Because also, it should be mentioned at this point, he has these visions of like doing things to people, like killing people, but then they're just visions and he's taking Yeah, it's, a, it's those like flash cut yeah. like fantasies. With the lady, like the lady on the train, how she gets gooshed with the, like the train wheel or whatever you want to call that. Oh yeah. yeah and then yeah. him killing his uh, wife with the ax, but it's all, a, it's all a dream. So he wakes, when he wakes up the next day with the face, he retaliates like he's in a dream, but he's like, oh shit, this is real. I just killed her. Fuck. And then his wife comes home and he's trying to hide the dog because he's already killed that, that's the what lady. And that's, like, what, that's what it is. Like, that's what, what the it fuck is. is happening in this fucking movie? Um, so things start escalating. A few more people die. I'm not going to tell you who dies because every death outside of the housekeeper is number one, greatly satisfying. Yeah. Every kill in this is just fantastic. Um, Even the ones that aren't real, I still enjoyed. Like the lady's head getting crushed by the train. Yeah, fucking uh, every, every single kill in this movie is fantastic. 
Um, and then after uh, things transpire in the house, the the movie just kind of follows Henry going through. Uh, and like exacting revenge or speaking to other people in trying to number one, remove the mask from his face and number two, come into his own, like as a quote unquote man, like he's not a real man at the beginning of the movie and toward, uh, toward the end of the movie, his, his masculinity and his, you know, pride comes out as as the movie progresses and as he does more and more just heinous shit. Well, yeah, because his wife at one point calls him she calls him something. She's like you're 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 a nobody, you're nothing. You like you will never amount to anything. I think she anything. says loser. Yeah, a loser or something like that. She she says that to him because yeah, he kind of just um because the whole the whole catalyst to, to her his wife calling him that it's because while they're at that party where everyone's making the masks, uh, H- Henry's wife, Janine, is sitting at the bar where um, Miles comes over and essentially just starts rubbing his dick on on her leg. And like, yeah, yeah feel be- that. And you're like, what the fuck? And then she jerks him off and Henry sees this and doesn't go over there. and p- Zool, lay down. Doesn't go over there and like punch the dude or confront them. Just like, eh, whatever. So... That's why we get into the whole you're a nobody, you're a loser. Like you don't, you can't even stick up for yourself. I jerked the guy off and you didn't do shit. And you're like, Yeah, that's that's the other thing about what? this movie is everybody cheating on everybody. Everyone's fucking everyone except for husbands and wives, apparently. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that was the whole catalyst for her. Um and you can she's you can already tell from the beginning though, she's she's kind of just a shitty person. Just yeah. like just like Miles is like She's a cheater. She's, she's kind of just like sleeping her way to the top. And she even says that. And, but. and even Henry and Miles' wife have like this unrequited thing yeah. going on. Um, after Henry has, you know, gone through his first day, uh, I can't remember how the detectives find the housekeeper body. But they find the body and they're like, oh, shit, there's this body in this house. We got to find the wife and the husband that live here, which is uh, Henry and his wife. Uh, They have both, you know, gone off to do their own things. Henry's creeping around doing his masky shit. I'm pretty sure the first time the detectives are involved, though, is when the lady's hanging out of uh, Miles' building. Because that's the first time you see Tom Atkins. That's the first time they're brought into the movie. Is because trust. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I like there's, so there's a lot of moving parts in this movie yeah. that are like just, and it's moving parts that just kind of get brushed past. They're like, oh yeah, this happens next. Yeah, like uh, once Tom Atkins gets involved, he's pretty much trying to find the person because you know obviously anytime a woman dies or like a man dies, you look at the spouse. And he was like, no, 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 like, that's uh, that's not my wife. I'm just, you know, having sex with her. And they're like, well, that's not helping your case, bro. Like, what do you like? So you're married and you're also cheating. So they really start to focus on uh, Peter Stormare's character, Miles, for, you know, for at least for that murder. Yeah. Um, and then they eventually obviously move on because the story progresses. But And then they start looking at his wife because then she, oh, she's angry that he's cheating. So now she has the motive to start and doing And she was a- there when the lady yeah. died because she was taking pictures of him. Yeah, like, so, oh, I caught you, motherfucker. <laughs> so now the whole implication is all of these deaths, because they're all linked to Miles, Yeah. Um, they start looking at his wife, who Henry is in love with. So he starts trying to do things to clear her name 
while still doing his own thing at the same time, unbeknownst to her until they meet up and she figures out what the fuck is going on. And then she's like, Henry, don't do this. It doesn't matter. And he's like, nah, I got this. Yeah. This movie really doesn't show its cards until I'd say like the last 20 minutes. Oh yeah. I was sitting there watching thinking if this movie does not explain at least in a throwaway scene, why the mask is stuck to his face, I'm going to be pissed. And it's literally like the last five minutes. So yes, there is a reason something will be it's, revealed to you. It's, 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 it's almost, it's not even the last five minutes. It's almost literally the exact like, last scene. I was going to say, maybe like last two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very, yeah. So you do have to wait for it. Cause I was like, dude, the runtime's hour 39. We're like hour 33. I'm going to be pissed. Like, if yeah. you don't give me a reason. I was going to real. I was going to rate it half a star lower. Cause I'm like, what the fuck? And they um, still don't even really like give you the why they just give you the how. Which, I can tell you which off. I'm not upset at. Like, yeah. I don't mind that they gave me the how this is happening, but not the the reason behind why it's happening. I have a uh, stip- like a speculation on why I think it is. I'll, I'll tell you after. Uh, but that's the only thing that I can make sense of as to why. It, and it, again, it's not even really uh, like a physical thing. Because you're, you're wondering, like, how is this on his face? I thought there was going to be some twist where somebody's like super glued that shit to his face. Or something. I don't. Or, or it's we, not, it's or not, we even got like a the mask type of like, thing. Like, <laughs> it, like the mask itself has like some inherent powers that no, it's so. And the reason that the mask fits so perfectly onto his face, quote unquote, oh, that's is, right, yeah. is because they made all of the blank masks out of a mold of his face. Yeah, like a paper mache cast. Yeah, or yeah. Something they're they're like doing. That. He's laying in a chair and he's having his face cast. So every single person that's at the party is going to have like a blank of his face. So I mean that there could it's open to a lot of interpretation as to why. Um, your best explanation as to why is because it's a movie like, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Well, and honestly, the th- a reason I, uh, something that just drove me crazy, much like the, uh, person that was not an animatronic from Willie's Wonderland. It was literally a person acting like a robot. I hated that. Just like that. The, the fucking mask on his face, it was a mask, but it was also just like a latex thing. They put, I would rather have it just been the mask yeah. that he couldn't get off. I yeah. couldn't. I could not get past how cheesy that thing looked. Yeah, especially because like so cheesy. Especially because when he's talking, like the lips are obviously moving, but there's enough to cover his mouth to where it's just going. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, I don't I, like. It's, it's very uh, lip flappy. Yeah, and I, I mean, just, and I mean, again, I understand it from a creative aspect. I just uh, yeah. give me a reason as to why. Yeah, why I, it's happening. I wanted like the mask he was wearing. I wanted that to just be suction cup to his face, and he couldn't get it off. But no, it is literally you know movie magic. Probably easier for him to just have the latex on, but also it seems like that's much so much more work to yeah. put that on every day because it's yeah. like yeah, it's like su- like I said, it's like suction cup to his face. So that was just my biggest issue with this. But, I mean, other than that, if you can get past that, because, again, it does kind of look cheesy. Sometimes it looks creepy as fuck. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. But other like, times, like I'm when like, he, Like when he's standing there and he just kind of cocks his head yeah. to the side. I'm like, like okay, ooh. that's creepy as shit. <laughs> that's creepy as now, shit. Now, <laughs> I, w- I would like to say real quick. Yeah, go for it. That there are a lot of times, a lot, a lot of times, where I looked at Jason Fleming and I was like, when did Crispin Glover get in this movie? <laughs> He does look like that guy you know from that movie. Yeah, he he <laughs> he looks like old McFly. 
He really does, yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what? Crispin, Crispin Glover would have been a better person for this movie. Crispin Glover would have changed this movie <laughs> entirely. Oh my God. Can I live in that universe, that fucking multiverse where Crispin Glover got cast for this movie? Oh my God, that would be hilarious. Yeah, he does look, and even, there was even one other, oh, the um, lady who played uh, Rosemary, which is uh, Miles' wife. I, I was like, I know you from something, and it's that case of, nope, you just look like someone I know. Yeah. I went through her entire credits, and I was like, I don't know you from fucking shit. She, hate, she, lo- she looks like a mixture of people. That's what I'm saying. She looks like um, a Courtney Cox if she shaved her head almost. It's, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like- it's, it's like a mixture of Courtney Cox and uh, fucking uh, lady from Seinfeld. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah. And that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. It's just like, oh, who do you look like? No, she, yeah, not her. Um so, yeah, uh, let's see. A couple other things I liked about this. Where's my shit? Yeah, I really did like the extension cord justice. And I say that because it, it's literally, um, oh, I can't really say, but I kind of want to say. It's, I mean, it's pretty early in the movie when fucking What's-Her-Face dies. I mean, if you don't want me to reveal it, I don't no, have to. No, go ahead. Go I was ahead. Guess, okay. Um, so, while, uh, what's-his-face, fucking Henry. While Henry is hiding from his wife after he kills unintentionally the uh whatever her name was ina or whatever his housekeeper and he's hiding um she's on the phone with miles because they're going away together for the weekend and she was like something about blah 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 this guy never knew how to handle my extension cords or something like that because she unplugs the extension cord um which will lead me to another another thing here in a second and then uh yeah henry actually ties an extension cord around her neck it's like looks like i know how to use one after all and he yeets her out the window I was like, yeah oh, fucking poetic um but yes, the the thing that I'm leading to is the whole table saw thing because at the beginning of the movie you see this dog, the dog that is so annoying in this movie. I guess the the fucking on button for the table saw they have in their house because you know they're trying to build it or finish it or whatever is on the floor. Weird, uh, weird, weird move there. No, and- actually, that that's a, so that way you can while you're using it you can have your foot. But it was like six it. feet away. Yeah, no, that's yeah, not correct. That's what I'm but saying. But having the switch, but yes. That I mean, yeah, but it's like six feet away in the other direction. And the dog learns how to like hit it on or whatever. And I said, if there's not a fucking death by this machine because of the dog, I'm going to give it half a star left. And I didn't fucking get that. So that's why I got half a star less. I was like, why that's even hilarious. Why even bring that into the scenario? Like, why even bring that into the movie? But the laser Come at the on. end had to give you an extra one point, though. <sighs> Not like really, that, because oh, not, the not laser really. is so cool, though. I mean, it's cool, but I was also like, I don't know. It just, I don't, it's, I don't know. Like, this I don't movie, know. It's a very poetic death. This movie worked for me so well, but then it also didn't work at all for me. But I that, just, I really, I really, really, really <laughs> wanted a table saw like decapitation or some sort of death, but we didn't get that at all. So I felt like. Because, you know, you can you can pick up on obvious kind of triggers, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's going to come back around. And I was yeah. like, that's going to come back around for sure. Why would you have the dog being able to, oh, I guess, okay, I guess that's a fucking red herring, a MacGuffin. I don't know. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I was watching Jaws again for oh, yeah? like the nine millionth time. <laughs> as, and, as you do. <laughs> and how many times they show you that goddamn scuba tank. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so it's fine. It's that it's that image of like, oh, the camera's staying on this for like that one extra second. It's gonna be important. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I thought they were trying to like set me up with. Like, there's gonna be a death with this down the road, and I didn't get my death. Maybe it's in the unrated cut that I didn't see. I don't know. Um, 
And then I got uh last thing I want to say about this is I got some extremely hardcore lethal weapon vibes when Tom Atkins is interviewing Peter Stormar on the street. And there's just a fucking blind saxophonist in the background. Just I'm like, this is fucking lethal weapon. What's yeah. going on? I thought that was kind of a, I don't know if it was intentional, intentional or not. If it was perhaps you Romero, if not, I mean, still perhaps you, cause you, you still gave me that vibe. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, still a solid fucking movie. Definitely something I'd watch again. I would own it if, if they have a Blu-ray or a DVD. Um, anything else you want to say about this one? I, I don't know. I, I liked it better than the, than the other one we watched. It's, it's, it's a much different Romero movie, but it still hits all the same Romero points, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. You're still going to have like a baseline level of blood and gore. You're still going to have like those two characters that are just, absolutely atrocious. Yeah. You really do kind of, yeah, you always, and then you always have the one kind of, you know, main antagonist too. Um, yeah, that is true. I, I watching it though. I was like, I don't, it doesn't feel like a Romero movie when you like, at least on screen, but all the points. Yes. But yeah, when you step, when yeah. you step back and you look at it, you're like, okay, yeah, this is almost exactly like par for the course Romero. <laughs> and what's really funny too, about this one is, um, since this, this was obviously four years before the other one, I saw them using the kind of the digital effects because they only yeah. really do that in the first, like when he's having the flashbacks, because it does this kind of weird water yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. And then it flips back to the reality, like reality, but they only did that like three or four times. Cause I was like, Oh God, I hope this isn't um, the entire movie. I, I hope this, I don't want to be constantly faked out the whole movie. And they did it three or four times. This and isn't going to be driller killer all yeah, over please, again. Please God, for the love of God. <laughs> so no, that was, that was, used the the right amount of time in the movie and then they moved on from it and i was like thank god because other than that really don't remember any besides the laser like digital effects it was all practical yeah it was it was all practical i love it i love it i'm on board for that shit um my favorite line from the movie uh, i didn't tell you to do this because i happened when i was watching it uh if i could fuck my car i'd never leave the garage yeah what the fuck <laughs> what? that's uh that's a peter stormare quote no, yeah. that was James. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, James yeah. When he got his new car, he was like, this is like the fucking future car. It costs 30 grand or whatever he said. And then he said that. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, if you like cold metal, I guess cars are for you. I don't, that's a weird thing to say. Plus, you're driving it now. You're never going to drive it again. You're just going to sit. I don't know. I don't even want to get into car fucking. <laughs> it's a weird thing to do. Um, so that was my favorite line. I don't know if you just happen to think of one. Shout it out. I, <laughs> he that, said that and I was like, I have to write that down. That's pretty much the only line. <laughs> Yeah, that's really funny, honestly. Um, all right, so what do we got? So for some trivia, um, George Romero directed the video Scream for the Misfits, and the only payment was to appear in Bruiser, along with two original songs. Uh, fun fact, circling all the way back to the Misfits, so uh, Romero's original uh, Night of the Living Dead was one of the inspirations for the band, the misfits. Oh, so they're inspired by the zombie, which then inspired Romero to direct scream and get, yeah. So their, their whole, uh, concert in the movie is great. Cause I'm sitting there. I'm like, that sounds like the misfits. Yeah. And, and then, then I'm looking at him. I'm like, well, it, that's fucking Glenn Danzig and Jerry <laughs> only. What the fuck? It literally pans, pans across. And I'm like, that's the misfits. That has to be, you can't just say that and not be the misfits. And then I read the trivia. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that tracks. 
So that's pretty interesting. Um, that is literally them in the movie. This was the first Romero movie not to be shot primarily in or around uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is um, Romero's hometown. The last film of George A. Romero that isn't part of the Living Dead series. Yeah, because this was because he did <sighs> uh, Land of the Dead and then Diary of the Dead. And I think that was the last movie. I, I think so. Also double check. I'm pretty sure that was the last movie he did, which is crazy, too, because he still lived another 10 years. So, I mean, I guess I guess when you're done, you're done. You've. You've, you've done it. You have really done it, dude. Like, and I mean, what else is there left for him to do? I mean, yeah, he... Oh, that was writing. Directing. Here we go. Directing. Um. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. There's another one after Diary of the Dead. It's called Survival of the Dead. Good grief. And then Iron City Ass Kickers? Oh, that's a 20-minute. Okay, so it was Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. So Survival of the Dead in 2009 was his last movie. Um, I haven't seen either of those two, and I'm pretty sure Diary of the Dead has some found footage kind of aspect to it. I think it's predominantly found footage. I don't, yeah, I don't know, because it, it's literally about film students who run into real life zombies while making a movie. So I feel like it's going to be kind of like a 50 50 split of like yeah. real footage and also like, um, you know, camera, like real camera work and shit like that. Um, so that's something I'd like to see because I, you know, you don't really see a lot of found footage zombie movies. I mean, you have. One cut of the dead and uh, like the VHS segment from VHS two with the zombies and like that. There's really not a yeah. lot of like found footage unless I'm not unless I'm just like completely blacking out on my memory. We'll find of, out of found footage zombie movies. But um, that's something that they need more of for sure. I mean, we have plenty of I, I would say paranormal is probably the most common type of found footage. So I would love to see more zombie found footage because if you haven't seen one cut of the dead, watch that immediately. Uh, I believe that's a Korean movie. It is so fucking good. Oh, I mean, Ganjim. No, Ganjim's ghosts again. Yeah. Ganjim yeah. haunted asylum is, yeah, it's hard. I mean, technically quarantine slash wreck. Kinda. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's kind of, no, that, that's true. Those are, you know, things that have come back to life after being killed. So yes. So, and then there is another movie that neither of us have heard of. What is it? Um, it's called the zombie diaries. I have not heard of that. And it's a 2006 British independent found footage horror. Oh shit. What's it called? The zombie diaries. The zombie. I'm looking this shit up on letterbox. I adding it to also adding it to my, the zombie. Wait, you said diaries, not letters. Yeah. The zombie <laughs> diaries. Ooh, it's and there's oh, a second one too. It's only rated a 2.0 though. Hey, the second one's a 2.3. Hey, that movie you showed me today. Oh, it was a 2.2. I mean, I'll check it out. Wait, has Eric Cloud, has he rated this movie? Uh, not the first no, one. No, he hasn't. No. <laughs> but the first review by uh, Tom, uh, the se- the uh, thing says, number one of Zombie Week 1. With no story or acting, this is really not something you should spend your time on. <laughs> Quite horrible, to be honest. Oh, no. Okay, here's a fun fact. Uh, Eric Cloud did review the second one and he said, I didn't like part one as a completionist. I can now say I didn't like part two, one and a half or one and a half stars. Also, I was watching, uh, 13 cam- I watched 13 cameras and 14 cameras recently because they dropped on some streaming platform. I can't remember where, but they dropped somewhere. So I had to watch them. 
uh, fucking solid underrated off. Uh, those are kind of split found footage. Like you have a lot of actual camera cinematography and then you have also a lot of kind of uh, static cam, paranormal activity style yeah. things. If you haven't seen those, go watch those. Um, and he had the exact same ratings as, as for me uh, on those movies. And I thought that was kind of cool. We both rated the first one a three and then the second one a three and a half. <coughs> um, those are really solid. Honestly, they, they should not look as good as they do. The acting isn't quite there. I wouldn't call it like shitty acting. It's like B plus. You know, like right below. Hey, B plus is B minus better maybe. than most. I know. Yeah, B minus. So if you haven't seen those, go watch those. They're amazing. Um, did we say the rating on this one? I don't think we did. We did not. What's the rating? So the rating on IMDb is 3.5 out of 10 and a 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. 5.3. You said 3.5. <laughs> uh, 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> um, And I myself gave it a 3.5. Okay, I gave it a 3. Okay, so we're not far off. No, I like I really enjoyed a lot of this movie. It was very original, you know, something Romero because you know, I know Romero for zombie movies, you know? Like I know he has other movies, but we predominantly know him as zombie movies. So, this was fun and original, good kills, good story. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It just was missing. I'm sure on a rewatch probably too. Yeah. I guarantee I give this a 3/5 on my second rewatch. Which by the way, speaking of rewatch, this is free on Tubi. It's free on Tubi. Oh. Yeah, T U B I Tubi. Okay. I That's watched, where I watched it. I think I watched it on. It was on Amazon. It was like two bucks for the for the rental, so not yeah. terrible. Um, but yeah, I I definitely like this. I would recommend this. I'm gonna watch this again because Gabby has to see that movie. I need to know her thoughts and feelings on that one. Um, so yeah, three and a, so you gave three and a half and a two and a half, and I did three and a half and a, and a three. Okay, so yeah, we were we were yeah we're we're at least close. Right there. We're at least close. Not um, like the last one that we were yeah just wildly, wildly different. different. Oh my god. Um, so let's see. Follow us on Facebook at Frightmares and Instagram at Frightmares Podcast. Slash your app, Frightmares Podcast as well. Instagram, Frightmares underscore pod. I am Dr. Proctor on Letterboxd. I am Frightmares Corey on Letterboxd. Boom. Me and Gabby will be back next week. We will be doing the Hellboy movies. Yes, they are listed. That's going to be amazing. They are listed as horror. If you didn't know, super excited. So uh, until next Wait, you do you doing the you doing the Perlman ones, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're doing yeah, Hellboy 1 and Hellboy 2. A fucking trilogy we were robbed of. I oh my god, I wanted that third movie and I know why they didn't do it. We'll talk about it next week. It's so upsetting. It's very upsetting. Del Toro. <laughs> I know we're doing another Del Toro episode, but just packaged as Hellboy. Are, are we? Are, you and I are going to do a Del Toro. We can episode, right? Yeah, yeah he's the, got more. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can do uh, fucking Pan's Labyrinth and um, oh, the other one that's in the box set that I have. Oh my god, Crim- it's, oh, uh, uh, Pan's Crimson Labyrinth. Peak. No, Pan's Labyrinth and fucking uh, Devil's Backbone. Devil's Backbone. There we go. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can do those two. Hell yeah, Del yeah, Toro's. I, I, a, Yes. And that pretty much completes all of his movies that he's done. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, until next week, guys, stay tuned and... Stay spooky, you motherfuckers. (laughs)